So, Kevin, what time? What time do you think it is right now? Uh oh, man! What time does my brain think it is? What time yeah. is your brain, and what time does your body? Okay. Uh, well, I woke up at uh, uh six a.m. today because um, Jeez. you already fucked up. Yeah, Mar- yeah, I already fucked up. Uh, and I I didn't intend to wake up then. I intended to wake up at the much more reasonable hour of eight. Mm, but, yes, a good hour. Um, my my mother possesses a dog. Uh, and, and that dog has allergies which Aww. which cause the dog to want to destroy its own face oh my and god okay when the dog does this the dog starts screaming like a little bit at first but then full on someone is destroying my face and i can't pinpoint who but like the, a fox the, screaming like uh like a just a, a high pitched whine that like rears back into like a scream like a like a like a woman or child scream. <laughs> cool. Also when you say like trying to destroy his own face, I don't know why I'm picturing like the way Jim Carrey was trying to rip off the mask. You know? Yeah, like, that's how I imagine like, like pulling at the sides of its own face. Yeah, big frantic gestures yeah. as the howls. Oh, yeah, I don't really know what happens because I <laughs> We've had this dog for what seems like a thousand years at this point. I think it's been two. Did you read like a Lovecraftian book somewhere, and then this like <laughs> being came into your life? I must have. I must have pissed some kind of god off, elder or otherwise. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. a thousand this, years of torment. Yeah, this bulldog has been a thorn in my side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a bulldog. Yeah, yeah. So it's that sort of explains the face problems, I think. Oh, okay, so now you know, there's just loose skin everywhere, right? It's just like it wants to like get them folds off, crevices yeah. for the histamines to get into. Oh my god, that sounds miserable. Histamine crevices. And before anyone's like, Kevin hates this dog. Kevin doesn't take this dog <laughs> to the vet. Kevin's a terrible person. Kevin's trying to slowly poison the dog with his own al- allergies. Kevin's rubbing baking soda in the dog's folds. He hates it. <laughs> Uh, Don't we do buy we buy the most expensive medicine and the most expensive <laughs> food for for this fucking freak of eugenics that we really, really <laughs> decided we we needed to adopt. And uh, the modern medicine has done nothing. For <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, also there's some sort of curse on your dog that you know. No, oh. no modern minds can break. Yeah, so my dog's face is haunted. Your dog licked a black stone in the shape of a <laughs> tentacle on a beach one day. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no that's it. the elder god's toys, not yours. <laughs> this is all about how Kevin's not getting enough sleep, and we just yeah. ended up focusing on Kevin's poor dog. It's instead. all part of it. It's all. I, I think. I think. I think it's more interesting for one because uh, to answer your original question, what time? Do, does my body and brain think it is? They don't know. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I also think a man versus man story is less interesting than a man versus nature. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. The core, uh, the core struggle of this, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. So I recently uh, to correct my sleep schedule because I was uh, waking up at about four p.m. Uh, and going to bed around 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
little little bad habit I picked up from trying to ship a video game last month. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so I uh, I was attempting to correct that this weekend by doing the loop. God, the loop, <laughs> the fucking loop, man. <laughs> I've never heard that, but I didn't immediately know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the unassisted loop too. You weren't even using like an amphetamine to get through the loop. No, no, and I don't drink coffee anymore. So, Jeez, uh, not even it, during the loop. Not even during the loop. Damn, oh my God. Kevin, that is brutal. I can't imagine what anxiety demons would come out of oh. my face if I drank coffee during the loop. That's a spirit journey right there. <laughs> so, to yeah. clarify for those who are like, "What the fuck is this loop?" Uh, the loop, right, is powering through the night without sleep to reset. Right? Yeah, just going. Oh God! In in my case, twenty eight hours without sleep. <sighs> Wait, so what were the hours? What was it from four till eight? Yeah, I woke up at four and uh, I did some work and I finished up my work and then I started playing um, some some B tier video games, maybe C tier <laughs> video games. Damn. And uh, just me- like kept playing in a meditative state as the sun rose and just <laughs> kept it going. But not in a way of like, oh, no, I've been playing Civil Night. I didn't mean to. You like, I will do this. I will focus and I will get through to the day. The game became a mantra against sleep. It did. It did. I was doing the same shit over and over again because it was sort of a grindy portion of a game. And I was actually surprised at how fast the hours were going at first. And then around 2 p.m., I was really starting to feel it. And I was like... I can't fall asleep at 2 p.m. Then, like, my day will start oh, at, yeah. at like, 10 p.m. Right, right. <laughs> if you mess up the loop, I think you doom yourself to a low, a even lower tier of, like, sleep paralysis type, like, demons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. The, the, the loop is a dangerous, a dangerous tactic because it can, you're walking on a thread, you know? Yeah. Kids, it's kids in high school are doing this thing called the loop, the loop. <laughs> and it's dangerous and you need to know about it. Are your kids doing the loop? Are your kids doing the loop for fun? <laughs> Merry holidays. Merry holidays. <laughs> Merry, holidays. Merry holidays. Welcome to Goose Buds. Uh, we are joined by our favorite, wonderful, lovable Kevin Cole. Thank you. Our good boy, Kevin Cole. Welcome back, Ken. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Kevin Cole, delirious from lack of sleep, because he made a game every month this year. Like a yeah. crazy person. Are you done now? Did you finish it? Nope. One left. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna like you gotta finish strong though, right? You can't like you can't just put out like a click here in the box, you won. Like a <laughs> Hold on, I gotta drag something in the trash real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, if you could make a game out of like robot authenticator website browsers, I would probably be the toughest game I've ever played. <laughs> Click all the images in which there isn't a car. I I get it wrong a lot. <laughs> I suck at that game. I'm really bad at it because there's like a little hidden car somewhere. Um, welcome, Kevin. You're here to join us for a very special episode. Yeah, uh, this is a this is going to be sort of a weird one, maybe I don't know in in Goosebuds lore, uh, in 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 the annals of Goosebuds yeah. history. <laughs> well, it's not our first it's not our first television episode one, but it is yeah. it is our first non Goosebuds television episode one. Right? There was that there was an episode where we did uh, Starsky and Hutch, and we had to cut it. Oh, so that's right, right, the Starsky. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my that was my pull. Fucking Starsky and Hutch. I don't even like that show. What am I doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought you meant the Owen Wilson movie. I well, that's my only reference point. Is that fucking not that good movie? <laughs> it's funny we were. Ta- I talked about that movie last night with Jen because we were just like she was putting something on on Netflix and it was there. And I was like, and we were both like, that movie's not good. And I was like, but there is that really funny part where the kid is throwing knives and his dad yeah. tells him to keep throwing knives forever. Yeah, that's, that's a really funny. funny scene. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Sorry, I, I have this like, weird thing where 80s stuff is like stuck in my, not even 80s, was that 70s? I don't know. I think it was like, 70s, yeah. Things before our time were like, I think we grew up. Like having to remember them fondly, even mm. if we didn't grow up with them. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like marketing was like, mm-hmm. this is important. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the it's the Dukes of Hazard. They're bringing it back. I was like, I don't care. Right. Like I don't care. I don't care about Boss Hog. Right. Like anyway, sorry. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete. <laughs> Pete and Pete. <laughs> Pete and Pete. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time yeah that so this is something i wanted to ask what what are your guys's backgrounds with pete and pete did you have did you watch mm. it as children um yes and i i sort of put like i sort of put shows like this and um maybe maybe the the films of wes anderson as shit that gave my family way too much license to be quirky uh-huh like, <laughs> What, it empowered it empowered them. Yeah, it's funny that you it's funny that you made that note because one of my notes while watching this episode, and I've definitely thought this before, is this was a show for future fans of Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah, this, definitely. This primed the pump of Wes Anderson fandom. Sure, yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Pete and Pete is so single camera it hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's um it's not magical realism, but it's something. It's like close that, to it. It's close to it. It's sort. It's sort of. Um, I'd say it's magical realism yeah. in some episodes. Maybe not in this one. Um, given like give or take your view of humanity, this is probably not magical realism. This is more just. I'd say it's surreal. Maybe not absurd because sure. everything kind of has a message. Like right. It, it's just everything's kind of exaggerated and weird as if through the lens of a child's mind but actually though but actually but it actually it is because the the whole town is weird like even the adults are in on the weirdness like it's not even like they're in on the weirdness it's just that everybody's weird everybody's a part of the crazy it is uh if you if you're listening to this podcast somehow and you've never watched an episode of pete and pete go dig it up it is it's like it's, it's a tone that i don't think they make much no. ever i was gonna say any more but like even then it's still very much a very niche like flavor i feel like uh, i'll say i'll say there's nothing illegal about typing a uh, pete and pete into no there's YouTube not search engine <laughs> there's nothing illegal about <laughs> typing those words what you what you click on there it's up to you but that's, you a, that's, can maybe, that's youtube's fault yeah you can maybe find all of it uh, <laughs> I, you could and you could even find the episode that we watched for today's episode of Goosebuds. oh christmas pete potentially oh, christmas on that pete. website yeah, yes, it, it's a it's a pretty good one. It it is it is. Well, real quick, Chad, did you watch this show as a kid? Oh yeah, I had a a, a deep love of this show. Uh, it it left a big impact in my brain because I hadn't really seen anything doing this before. Um, hmm. Loved loved Artie. Yeah, like, Artie Artie was fantastic. Obviously, who does not make an appearance in this episode? No. Yeah, so I I this is part of season three, which I don't know if I saw or something like. I was just reading through the Wikipedia for this episode, and I recalled very little of the season three plots, let alone that they added a new best friend for Pete with Nona. Michelle Trachtenberg's Mo- Nona. Nona. Yeah. 
She seemed familiar in my brain. I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of remember her, but I like Ar- I didn't know that Artie left. Um, who is also I had no idea was played by uh, what's his name Timothy Hutton? Oh, what's his name? Tony Huss. It's actually Toby. Toby Huss. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tony Huss. Tony Huss, who, who, yeah, if you've seen uh, a the prestige drama Halt and Catch Fire, uh, hmm. he is uh, one of the main characters on that show. Uh, and it was mind blowing when I when I looked him up to see what else he was in and then oh, saw yeah. that he was already the strongest man in the world. He, he is he is a chameleon of an actor. He, really he is, is he is General Timothy Traster in Venture Brothers. He's like so good, and I could not believe that he was already. I, uh, I think he's Elaine's boyfriend in a few episodes of Seinfeld as that's well. That's awesome. That wow. makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, just a great character actor. I had no idea they became it. So I guess Artie left at the end of season two. Yeah, what happened uh, to Artie? I would assume Kevin, our resident Lorian of, uh, of Pete and Pete, would know. So Artie... Um, so the the episode is actually really fucking sad. Uh, it's a, and it's two-parter. Oh. Yeah. So little Pete gets picked on for having a superhero and not fighting any of his battles himself oh, okay. meanwhile the residents of wellsville are uncomfortable with uh, a full-grown man hanging out with their, <laughs> with their children because he's weird uh-huh. 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 and this leads to uh Artie deciding to move on to a new kid uh that needs his help so he's gonna go be weird in another town yeah, because Pete, because Pete, Pete does a big like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Harry and the Hendersons throws, oh, rock, he throws no, magical he rocks just, at him until he just, explodes. He just slaps him. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> I don't actually think that part happens. It's been a while, but there's there's a part where Pete tells him to go, and he's like, okay, Aww. and uh, you know, then Pete regrets it. Uh, maybe his dad tells him to go. I'm just gonna cut all this and. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's a good rambling episode. What you're saying, Kevin, is that uh, Pete and Pete did the boys before the boys was the boys. Yeah. This was... <laughs> the, the, the Amazon Prime show? Yeah. The boys? <laughs> sure. I think that's the clearest synthesis of what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I Before we get too much into this episode, I do want to talk about we have to address the credit sequence because there's a lot about this credit sequence, right? The, op- oh, the opening, the opening man. title, the opening title sequence. First sure. off, mm. we all we all need to discuss the theme song by Polaris. Yeah. Hey Sandy. Oh. Hey, hey, smiling strange. What a fucking <laughs> jam, dude. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. It is. It's almost too good for the. Not that the show is bad in any way, but this song. It's truly stupendous. No, this song is like better than some '90s one-hit wonder songs. Yes, right. Like I'll take mm-hmm. this over Blind Melon any fucking day. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. And and it it holds up too. Like it it still feels like weird and interesting. Maybe because it got it, it wasn't a thing that got radio play because it premiered on a fucking kids show. Uh-huh. But but like every time like I hear that intro to it, I'm like, ah shit, dude. Like. <laughs> Things about it's to cut. pop off in Wellsville. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so good. I think at when I was watching this show, I appreciated it. And then like on revisiting it, like in the late 90s, you know how like things come out and they're very, we like them. And then like maybe like five, <laughs> and then like five years later, we're like, mm, I don't like this anymore because like it's like passe, right? Like it's gotten like sure. played out. Yeah. But then like you get, it, you got to get around that curve, right? Like 
I think there was a moment where maybe I was like, eh, this song's not great, but this song is a like a a pristine power pop like '90s like gr- uh, alternative rock song. Sure. You, you know, I I never really grew out of this show. I watched it through uh, middle school and high school and mm-hmm. college, and I, it never it never left mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had uh, I, I was I was very fond of going to uh, my local uh, record store, Newberry Comics, and searching for incredibly discounted uh, CDs uh-huh. back in my high school years. And I had the Polaris uh, CD. Which wow! Had, like, yeah, that blew my mind when you told me that you even had a CD. It's so good. It's probably still downstairs in like the big CD pile in the in the study. But like, it's uh, it's great. It's a it's an excellent album of really good songs. Like, I don't think there's a real. I don't think there's a bad one on it. Like, didn't they form for this show? Yeah, they formed for this show at the request of the showrunners. <laughs> It was just crazy because I I just always assumed as a kid this must be a real band. Right. I bet if I'm in Seattle, turns out they're a band from Connecticut, by the way, which is great. This show yeah. this show is insanely Northeast America too. Very uh, local, yeah. Yeah, I guess I mean yeah. I mean it felt even Midwest. It felt like it hit very real, right? It was very much everyday town. I was gonna say it's very like it's very like this area, like the temperate part of America, without a doubt. Yeah, shot in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Oh great. Oh. Um, Oh great! And... He's so upset. Oh great! <laughs> no, no, I'm just like good. For, oh, good, good for New Jersey. <laughs> they got one. They got this. And the Sopranos. They got the Sopranos. They got the, this. I hope this. The house is still kept, and it's a historical landmark. <laughs> well, well, Chad, we'll watch something shot in South Bend next time. <laughs> Nothing was shot in South Bend, and you know what? Rudy's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing that was shot in South Bend was hope. <laughs> well, now Chad can't go home. <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> sorry, Chad. I got you banned from your home. They'll I'm just sorry. be playing this episode on speakers at the South Bend Airport that gets a flight a week. What the fuck, South Bend Airport? When you come into town, they like have the air raid sirens. And then this episode plays on repeat constantly to embarrass you. They've made a they've made a corn effigy of hot, of, of our friend Chad. Husk. Like, a, Chad. like a wicker man made a corn. A Chad husk. <laughs> a Chad husk. Uh, no. um, and this song is so good. And then the title sequence. I don't know if you guys were getting this vibe, but while I was watching it, uh, maybe because I didn't like Chad. I don't think I ever saw season three. Um, and I didn't know about Nona, the character Nona. So uh-huh. I'm watching it, and I'm seeing all my familiar friends, you know, popping up and getting their name drops. <laughs> and mom comes up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, mom's mom's plate, mom's the plate, uh, mom's in her plate, head. And they, mom and has they mom's plate in the head, mom's great." Which always is a great gag. Yeah, never. I don't think never truly explained in the show, but explained in like the the showrunner's notes, the whole mom's plate. Oh, thing. like how she got the plate in her head. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think they're like. A few things. I don't know. Kevin, did you uh, do deep research for P and P? No, I just the, the reason why I'm like stuttering on maybe it's this way, maybe it's that way. It's because it's all in there. It's just it's not in an organized way. Sure. Like maybe because of the sleep deprivation, but probably because uh, it's just uh, I I've, I've breathed this show for too long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, Nona, Nona, um, I don't think Nona's in actually ends up being in too many episodes because she was, uh, in Harriet the Spy oh, at the same yeah, time. Nickelodeon gotcha. was going big on Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah. I, I, I had to laugh because I saw that, ra- what felt like a random character to me and uh-huh. it, yeah. I was getting like too many cooks vibes. Cause it's like, <laughs> like he's getting all tripped out on the fucking flangey sure. guitar and like yeah. and, I, and I'm like watching it and I'm like who the fuck is Nona and Nona means grandma in Italian so I thought that was yeah. really funny like that they have a character <laughs> basically named grandma in, in the show it's just sure. yeah. real silly weird stuff <laughs> I, oh. I I just want to like even the even the theme song I think hits what like I was was really appreciating when I was watching this episode of I'd kind of forgotten how much the episodes have like this kind of fever dream like mentality. Yes. Like yeah. Like the events kind of just happen as if you were that that like logic jumps, right? Like not even like hard things, but just like, hey, if time needs to pass for like, you know, a hundred neighbors to gather on the on the lawn to have <laughs> yes. a boxing match with Santa, it just kinda happens. You know? You know what vi- you know what vibe it has? Have you guys ever seen Twelve Monkeys? A long time ago. It, or no. like any Terry Gilliam movie, like any sure. of the like okay, Monty yeah, Python yeah. stuff. Like it has that like fever dream of a Terry Gilliam movie. Sure, sure, yeah. It's like the camera's like tiny Dutch angles a little bit, right? It, like yep, t- yep. tiny Dutch angles and extreme high or low angles at all times, almost at all times. Yeah. it's it's all it's it feels sneaky sometimes. Like it feels it feels like someone is like crouched behind a couch or like <laughs> st- standing up on the stairs or something like that it's it like the camera is really playful in this series it is and it and, and it feels like it, it and to carry on the sneaky feeling this whole show feels like like when you were playing as a kid it feels like someone's filming you playing as a kid yeah mm. b- because you're right it is sort of uh there's no there's no b plot that'll make you uh uh forget that the world is weird it's just gonna move you on to the next weird thing right yeah yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they did intercut storylines, but even then, it always felt like it was kind of just naturally folding into it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, when they did do like intercut storylines, like it was a Big Pete story, yeah, and uh, Little Pete would cut in with an even weirder, with his crazy story, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a this is very much a Little Pete episode. Oh yeah, and I, I feel like there's a running theme of Little Pete episodes, which we'll get to. Uh, yeah, this one is this one is kind of uh, a, a bit of an amalgamation of a lot of episodes that came earlier. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this one really echoes the um, the the episode where Pete stays up, yes. little Pete stays up all night. Hey, that's the thing I did. This is all time. <laughs> oh, synchronicities, weird synchronicities. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, it's it's sort of like Pete. Pete has a good thing and tries to make the good thing last, but good things never last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's like it's always sort of sort of a noble uh, a noble quest and an innocent quest to like hold on to the things that are good that he inevitably loses. Uh-huh. Like like there's this is a very warm and beautiful story, but it's about letting go. It's kind of about death. I, I have I have an alternate, darker interpretation of this episode, but I will save it until the end. Let's let's maybe maybe just give like the quick. It's a very basic, simple story, right? Yeah. Like even though it's very yeah. crazy, what happens? Like it is that Christmas is over, which also is great for a Christmas episode to be like the day after Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. already a unique start to an episode, mm-hmm. and that Pete, little Pete. 
points out that that they're always miserable the day after Christmas. And there's a great mm-hmm. uh, visual cut of that Pete has a picture of them sitting on the I couch listening to the lecture. I love that gag. I love that gag. That was that a gag. very good gag. So, um, yeah, for the, for the people who haven't watched, he's giving a presentation with a flip chart. Uh, mm-hmm. And he talks about how every day should be Christmas because, and he shows them a picture of them on Christmas on the couch, looking yep. joyful. And then he yep. shows them the same exact picture of the camera shot that we just saw, where they all look sad on the day after Christmas. Great gag. It's a great gag. Yeah. It's a very like Edgar. It could be right in like hot yes. fuzz, right? Yeah, like, type of the type of joke. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, well, let's just have Christmas. Let's just keep doing it. And they're pretty much all on board. Like the yeah. family, yes, ands each other a lot more than yes. I remember. Yes, uh, yeah, you, you'd you'd think like you know there'd be a little resistance to it, but that's not. They've decided it's not like a family against family sort of episode. This is everyone's like, a, yeah, sure, why not? Like, let's. They're all in the Christmas spirit, so they're trying to keep the Christmas spirit alive. Yeah, but that's something that really stuck out to me. It was, it was it felt really wholesome in that way. Like, um, mm-hmm. not just that the family's like on board it. But I almost kept seeing, like, the modern what would be on a kid's show version now. And I felt like the obvious joke was, like, oh, little Pete wants Christmas to go year-round because he'll get presents every day. Right. Yeah. And not not really. It was just the, like, Pete wants that magical, like, feel-good charm, right? Yes. Yeah. He, he, it, it's really more like, um, like, little Pete's a character in this and then... Uh, like Dad, Mom, and Big Pete, like all have their moments, but they're sort of one character as the family, right? Yeah. And right. Uh, all Little Pete wants is like the family to be happy. It's really like it, it is really more like a spirit of giving rather than like a greedy. Sort it's interesting. I I really appreciated that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I gotta say it really resonated with me too because I've always said that I think it's really. I mean, it, it, this is just the way the world works. It's not uh, anything that we set up, but. Um, I always think it's funny that we have this holiday season, right, to, to usher in the winter, right? Um, and mm-hmm. it should be like midwinter, a midwinter festival. Um, and maybe it was at one time when the when the uh, climate wasn't changing. Uh, but damn, yeah, topical, I uh, topical, topical burn. Um, but <laughs> but I do. I I always think it's funny that we finish up and then like all the like things that light up the world, like all we have all these lights out and everything is kind of warm in the, in the winter time during Christmas. Mm. And then we pack mm. it all away after Christmas is over. And then it's a sad, dark world. And then three it's months. dark January. Yeah. Dark January <laughs> into dark February, into dark March. I, well, I think, I think, uh, uh, Christmas is roughly supposed to line up with the winter solstice. Right. So the shortest, the, the, the longest night of the, the year, the shortest day of the year. Yep. And, Seasonal affected disorder was always a thing. Yes. So mm. obviously, like I guess people who don't who don't have it, I definitely have it. People who don't have it back in the day were like, "Man, we got all these sad people. Why don't we? Why don't we like light some fires and bring some trees inside, get some oxygen going? Uh-huh. Like, let's try it. Hey, I painted a deer's nose red. That's awesome. <laughs> get over here. Well, that's new. <laughs> now I'm not feeling sad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that shakes things up. I've never yeah. seen that before. Yeah, hey, look at that. <laughs> hey, I climbed down your chimney in a red suit. Whoa, that's crazy too. Oh, great. <laughs> hey, I left I left some candy in your clogs. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I missed that. We used to do that when we were younger. Oh, did no you? No one does that anymore. 
Yeah, because you have um, you have you have uh, a higher Dutch population in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we used to do the shoe. Candy. Oh, that's a real thing. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. Like, yeah. not not. I thought you were just doing uh, stockings. It was actually clogs. No, we would put our shoes on the fireplace, and it was like yeah. an in addition to Christmas. Huh. Yeah, yeah, Saint Nick would come and get put candy in your shoe. It would be candy, yeah. or it would be like batteries. Like, what did you guys always get? Like <laughs> a little bit of both, a little column, yeah. a little column B. I always loved it when Wait. Santa just had batteries. Wait, Chad. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Santa just has batteries unless he's like <laughs> unless he hits south bend last yeah here's here's what listen i love my parents they were very nice for christmas santa's talking every year uh-huh. was yeah. always uh an orange mm-hmm. and a bunch of batteries uh-huh. and like mm-hmm. some lifesavers and i'm like oh thank, thanks santa what did your parents do to <laughs> piss off santa he just wanted to make he just wanted to make sure when you got sick, you had your lozenges. Yeah. When you got when you got better, or, or to prevent the sickness, you had your orange, and you had your batteries for throwing at people. And it stuff. was just you know like mixed nuts, the stocking. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. Yeah. Um my my parents uh when when they were young, um and and growing up in their childhood homes had many many siblings, mm-hmm. and the best they ever got for Christmas was socks. So Christmas for a two child household raised by those raised by those crazy <laughs> kids, <laughs> my parents, was kind of a raucous a bacchanalia like, of toys. Yeah, any anything worth doing is worth overdoing, sort mm-hmm. of <laughs> sort of affair. Uh like just a just stocking stuffed with an inadvisable amount of peanut butter cups. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. god, oh, yeah. Chad! I hate to break it to you, but we also got crazy candy in our oh, stockings. Oh my! I know. God. I know. Uh, I sometimes we get that like plastic candy cane with M and M's in it. It was always like nice, but always felt like you got way less M and M's than just a bag of M and M's. Mm-hmm, agreed. Yeah, it was yeah. felt like a ripoff. Well, they, when you did the the shoot where you shoot it back, oh that yeah, was oh, always yeah. very satisfying. Of course, and you're like, hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel this feeling again in college at some point. <laughs> so little Pete wants Christmas to go forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and real quick before we get into it, I just gotta say, very beginning they do show them on Christmas morning, and uh, Pete, old Pete, gives young Pete a flamethrower for Christmas. That was great. Yeah. Which that is was an, great. another great moment, uh, and it just leads into if you had never seen the show before, it really paints young Pete's predil- uh, like predilection for violence, his endearing. His endearing need to, to perform violence upon people. Yeah, yeah, he's um, you know, he's a he's a scamp, but also he's kind of mili- a militarized scamp. Yeah, yes, he's a joker. He's a joke. He's jokerified. I. <laughs> he's a joker for good. He's best version of the joker. I, yeah, like, I, yeah, Joker or like I honestly think like Little Pete maybe became like a juggalo in the, like the two thousand. Right, he's like a joyful chaos, like a joyful yes, chaos. Yes, game. for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, whoop whoop, family. Whoop whoop, 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 man. Hey, listen, pour some Fago on Petunia the tattoo. Let's oh, go. <laughs> Dance, Petunia, <laughs> which who we didn't see in this episode either. We didn't see any Petunia. Well, you know, uh, really no, because it was a long, season. it was a long sleeves, it was a long sleeves episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, true. Uh, the general like hook is that they get, I think, the entire town to get on, or the the street. At least the street, the street, yeah. At least the street mm-hmm. gets on board Christmas all the time, and there is some weirdly, weirdly relevant shots of them going door to door, Carolyn wearing like 
Uh, yeah. Masks, which I don't know. Was that in the reason why they're wearing masks? Was it, it, well, it, that, yeah, there that is, comes it, later. That comes later after the turn. Oh, sorry. So, I'm so sorry. I jumped ahead. You're right. Okay. I'm so we, sorry. Before, that's after our major villain shows up. But we do have a minor recurring Pete and Pete villain in Pitstain mm-hmm. who yes. shows yep. up. Um, and Pitstain is just wonderful in this episode. Pitstain, love... gets, Pitstain gets into it. I love that Pitstain's on board for Christmas all year round. Sure. Yeah. Pit, Pitstain is all about it, which is sort of like like Pitstain has done some fucked up shit. I'm not I'm not a Pitstain apologist. <laughs> no, no. Uh, there are parts of this episode where Pitstain's here, and he's just sort of to remind you that like of how powerful the Christmas spirit is. Mm-hmm. That Pit, yes, that even Pitstain sure. is like all about all about what's going on here. There's a lot of um, three wise men. Uh, like goofs. one of the recurring bits is like the three wise men uh, and. Are, are doing goofs well, yeah they're putting on i loved it they're putting on a play of the nativity scene without showing any jesus stuff good for right you guys. yeah right uh just the three wise men showing up with some they're funny using banters. they're using the three funniest characters from the bible yeah <laughs> well because well, because god knew the rule of threes right <laughs> yeah uh, also also the three most relatable characters because if you were in a nativity play chances are yeah. you would be since there are three of them, you'd be one. Of them. I, was yep. a, I was a three wise men several times. Yeah, never, never, never photogenic enough to be Jesus or no, no, no. Jesus son Joseph. Your highest likelihood of what you would be in the, in the play was a three wise man or an animal. <laughs> That's true. It's <laughs> very true. What's worse, to be an animal or to be in a play where they have like wooden animal? You know what I mean? Like wooden. <laughs> Is it where like- they where they outsource it to trees? To, yeah, I don't know, or they just yeah. get like a little cut, cut, board cut out of a sheep, and you're like, oh, God, I wish this was a kid. Or is it worse to be a kid who's just a prop? <laughs> you know what? That's a deep question, Chad. I'm going to say prop children is definitely the, is the darkest. Yeah, is it the darkest one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Pitt State's here now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I just enjoy, like, this is what I thought was so kind of, I don't remember the town being, like, such a collective mob, but that makes perfect sense because I love, it's one of my favorite things in fiction. I love writing just, like, the town yeah. is a sentient mass of people that all yeah. kind of yeah. like are easily swayed by someone's carousing speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and we have like the spokeswoman who I'm sure has a name. I just don't. Uh, we, there's like a spokeswoman for the town. The lady yeah, who says her ferret is being choked by the smell of garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay. Uh, we're, we go to, we, we move from like our um, recurring villain to like uh, our monster of the week. So. Mm-hmm. I just want to just rattle off a few um, recurring Pete and Pete villains. Um, yeah. Paper cut. We got we got Pitstein. Pitstein. We got Papercut. Papercut was probably the most menacing. Yeah, of Papercut all was homes. terrifying. Uh, Endless Mike Hellstrom. Um, there's uh, uh, Open Face. Mm-hmm. There's the there's the Pumpkin Smashers. Uh, there's so many good like variations on like low level X Man bullet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a little yeah. You're right. It is just like this is like minor comic book type villains. They're almost like mystery man characters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's yeah. totally what oh. it is. Oh man, <laughs> they really are. It's, it's we all... cannot talk about mystery men on this podcast. I mean, we can. We it's, should. But you're but you're right. It's about like the shtick, and it's like to 
to the <laughs> to like the hero the shtick isn't a choice it's just like a, a it's like a it's like a an idol it's like a, a or a fetish it's like a manifestation yes. of what you are yes like pit stain <laughs> is his is his enduring smell and that's it that's all he yeah. is <laughs> I love it so much. But then we get the Garbage Man and the Garbage Man's song. Oh. <sighs> well, yeah, because because the 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 inciting incident is everyone's loving this. Mm-hmm. But Dad but, is like, hey, mm-hmm. this uh we need to get rid of the tree, son. Like and, and mm-hmm. Dad seems to take instructions from Little Pete. Little Pete seems to be calling <laughs> well, the shots. Of little Pete part. Little Pete threatens him with violence again. Yeah, like, he does put <laughs> a candy cane across his top head like I'm gonna fucking bash your brains in, old he, man. He, point, you... he points a can of, of uh, some sort of aerosol spray at his, at his father's face and says am I gonna have to decorate? Whatever that <laughs> is. The, the push and pull of power between um uh, well, obviously, Mom holds the ultimate power when she chooses to flex it. Right. But the push and pull of power between Little Pete and Dad is always sort of the interesting, like, politics of the day in, in the Wrigley sure, household. Sure, Big Pete is always on the bottom. Big Pete gets no say in anything. Yeah. Big Pete's <laughs> the but, quiet sage. Yeah, generally neutral uh, and, and wisely so, yeah. And I think for many people who grew up in a two-sibling household, and I admit I'm part of the problem... <laughs> That is how it feels, is is that the big sibling is on the bottom of the totem pole and the little sibling is allowed to test the boundaries of what yep. the house will allow. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, but Oh, so dad wants to get rid of the tree. Dad's like, hey, I, I mean, valid points is like at some point it was a fire hazard, guys. And, and, also, and also it is a totem that the garbage man must have. The, gar- yes. the garbage man must have his... his <laughs> It's a uh, it's a sacrifice to the garbage man deity, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. D- Dad is cracking because he doesn't know who he should fear more. Right, his newly beflamethrowered son, or should he fear the garbage man? The garbage who man who looks like uh, well, he look he looks like um, I-, I guess like low budget Voldemort. I guess right. Sure. He looks like he he looks like he got done uh playing uh practicing with his punk rock band his early 90s punk rock band yeah to do his job to do his garbage man job i that i day. looked up his imdb this band has played the grim reaper at least one other time. wow okay so he is death incarnate all right <laughs> yeah yeah he does have a very snake-like face yes. in yeah. a cool way in a cool in, way <laughs> in a cool way he's a real ed begley jr this guy yes yeah yes. i don't I don't. I don't know if I don't know if you can say someone has a snake-like face. I don't know if that's cool to say. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> listen. If I had a snake-like face, you know, I'd be fucking showing it off all the time. Yeah, yeah I'd be acting shit where I got to use my my scary snake face. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, he has a song, so he's introduced after uh, father uh, mm. says that <laughs> that he has. They have to think about getting rid of this tree because it's it's the way of the the way of the world it's the way the world works it must be disposed of the the garbage man requires his his yearly sacrifice Uh, (laughs) the garbage man is introduced with a very creepy song the garbage man song which in my mind is right up there with the highwayman song from over the garden wall in terms of that is high praise Mm -hmm. the highwayman song is one of my favorites yeah yeah, yeah like I, i i totally agree with that i was gonna i was gonna say like the garbage man song uh, could have been written by Johnny Cash. It's that good. Yeah. It's oh yeah. 
<laughs> I did not respond so strongly to the garbage man song, but I'm glad you guys had like an emotional resonance to it. It was scary. It's it's so scary because he he is the physical manifestation of death. He is the Grim Reaper in this. Mm-hmm. And not only the death of life, but the death of hope, the death of joy. These the end he is the end of Christmas. The, the Christmas truly ends when the garbage man takes your Christmas tree away. Right. This was this was the most in- like interesting thing that doesn't really get answered in the episode is I wanted to know I guess I was waiting for like what part of, what's the other part of the lore? Like why why can this man not rest? But I mean that's just how it feels as a kid. Like yeah. this is this is you sort of being like, well, it's it's sad the day after Christmas ends, but it's also a new like melancholy feeling when the Christmas tree like leaves the house yeah. and there's just like a pile of pine needles there, and then it, and then it's a another stab in the gut when you see the garbage man roll up and take the tree away. Why does he have to do that? Why can't he just leave the tree? Right. Like, wh- why do my parents have to put it out there anyway? It's like hey, you loved that tree. You know, you yeah, that tree. Yeah. That tree was where all your joy came into into, you, the, into you your house. You should from. be able to like bury the tree <laughs> in, in the, the hopes that it becomes a new tree. I know that's yes. not how that works, but but I just want to point out like this garbage man, right? Like he is he is a villain. Oh, he, yeah. is a, yes. he is an antagonistic force. Or guys, I'll say, or is he? I yes, or is he? he is. I, mm, he I gotta. Is. I have a point that I'm going to make okay, at the end that okay, I think is sure. going to flip it on your head. Guys. Well, I was waiting for some sympathy to turn for him because there's like a moment where like the entire Pete family, I think, just laughs at him. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, we're not giving yeah. you the tree, and then he, like, the trash man has like, P- like PTSD of them as Santa Claus is <laughs> laughing at him. Well, yeah, because what they do is uh, Pete sets up a trap <laughs> inside of the house. This is yeah. so great. This is a, another great gag. They he sets up a uh, a trap for the garbage van for when he comes in, where an alarm fires off because his dad tries to oh, sell yeah. them out. That's his right. dad tries to yeah. sell them out to the garbage man, so he lets the garbage yeah. man come in. It alarm goes off. Pete appears, and he's like, "Not so yeah. fast, garbage man!" And then a fucking nutcracker's mouth opens and shoots a tranquilizer <laughs> into his neck. Yeah, into his jugular, right into his yeah, fucking it, vein. You see it go in. It's it's like it's pretty brutal, and it, and it comes out with a sound <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> it's a it's a honking trank. <laughs> but like, and I'm like. That dude should be out. Like he should be on the right? floor. But instead, instead, there's like this trippy sequence where he's arguing with the Wrigley family, and they're turning into laughing Santas. <laughs> I, I didn't connect that maybe the dart was a hallucinogenic. Like right. I didn't. I just, well, because it's it, Chad, because it's delayed. They because like you like Kevin said, you think he would be out instantly, but he pulls it out, and then there's a couple of moments before the 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 serum takes action, and he yeah. and he discusses stuff with with Pete, Chad. After a certain point of being awake for 28 hours, pretty much everything's laughing Santas. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can just see everywhere. I, I might have been extra sensitive to that scene. No, that's fine. I'm glad I'm glad it hit. Like I, I was more just like I was looking for like okay, so he this guy. This yeah. guy yeah. who wants to who needs the trees. Is there someone pulling his strings, right? Is there mm-hmm. a is there a better but he this guy just kind of like goes like fine, fuck you guys. If I can't get my my last Christmas tree. I'm picking up no one's trash. Well, he does what the what the general working populace should, and it demonstrates the power of the working class yeah, to the bourgeois right. <laughs> who who refuse to who refuse to give into the natural order of things. See, so maybe is he the hero of the story? Then I would argue. 
Hmm. I'm like I'm liking him a little more. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But but he is he is just like a force of nature, and the and like it's it's good it's kind of good to see him sort of exercise that power. I mean, it's to crush a child's dreams in the name of his own trauma. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if the working class should rise up under that banner. But but, <laughs> but now I'm coming around to I'm kind of coming more around to to tra- garbage man's guys like. Yeah, it sucks, but it's about the natural cycle of life. It's and the way the world. Yeah, Chad. So, wait, did you almost call him the Trash Man? As in, uh, Danny DeVito is yes, always the sunny. Trash Man. <laughs> the Trash Man has really stuck with me as a character. Uh, and I throw garbage everywhere. I'll be honest. Like, I don't know in the last ten years if I ever say the word trash normal. I think no, it's always no. You trash. have to say trash. You have to say it in it's, Philadelphia accent. It trash. has changed trash. that word at its core for me. <laughs> You have, a, uh, you, you have one word where you're permanently Philadelphia accent. Yeah, it cuts over right there for that, just for trash. It's for me the trash. It's so fun. <laughs> trash. Um, I, so the trash man, uh, like, yeah. he, I, I almost, like, I love this episode. I don't want to be pitching things to fix the episode, but I was almost, sure. like, expecting it to go a thing where, like, a year passes, and, <laughs> like, they still have Christmas, and the smell's bad, sure, but now Christmas, like, the real Christmas doesn't really matter because every day is Christmas or something. That's no. Chad. Yeah. That's where I thought it was going to. I thought that that the true villain was going to be the the uh, lack of specialness of Chris of the Christmas spirit if yeah. it's stretched out where it become where you become numb to the spirit. I thought that's where it was headed. <laughs> but no, it's just that he's like, fine, you guys can all be covered in smells and filth, and we'll not even <laughs> mention the disease, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna, yeah. And it gets I, so it gets so bad that they can't even tell that pit stain is there anymore. They can't yeah. even tell the pit stain, <laughs> and that, by the way, is why when they are caroling, they now have uh, pandemic masks on. The, and I saw that again. Yeah. Another odd. Synchronicity when when I saw those masks, I was like, "Oh, jeez, oh, oh, uh. <laughs> yeah." That was. I guess we're looking for it now. I guess, but yeah, that was a little wild to see. Uh, I did want to p- talk about the fake cursing they've done in this episode. There was one that really stood out to me, and it was was a pus was a pus bag. Not pus bag. Pus bag was a good one too, though. Mm-hmm. Was <laughs> when uh, the garbage man calls Pete a young child, an eggnog sucking tinsel nose elf. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for some reason the tinsel part of that like really sticks. It's, that's the curse in it for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Tinsel nosed elf. Uh, so what? I don't completely understand. Why did the Santa boxing match happen? Was it just uh, that was to that prove was, a point? That was and yeah. to, to my point of this being about uh, fighting the natural order and and making the working class do your bidding for you. He comes dressed as a mad king. Pete comes dressed as a mad king in front of the proletariat, <laughs> and it's and and this is when and this is as the garbage man has has gone on his full strike now, and he's yeah. he, the whole street is stinking. There's piles of trash everywhere, and people are finally starting to see that we need this guy to do his natural thing, and the 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 street is turning on him, and Pete comes out unexplained in a king's outfit. He comes in a king's outfit. <laughs> I guess yeah. he's one of he's one of the three kings, but he's, he's one of the yeah. he's one of the three kings. <laughs> But he's wearing his king outfit out of not in not during the play, and he puts on a a bread and circus match where he has <laughs> Santa. He has Santa come into the ring so somebody can fight the spirit of Christmas. And what happens, guys? Well, uh, first Pitstain is like is like fine. I'll fight Santa, but then he can't, mm-hmm. and he has the best line of the episode, uh-huh. which is, "I can't hammer Santa." 
hey Santa, thanks for the choo-choo. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good line. The thanks for the choo-choo it's... was incredible. I, I would say that line or one of the old ladies who's watching going something like, well, yeah, it wouldn't even be fairies in a completely different way. That was, dude, those are both my two favorite lines of the thing. That that, and the stink of the trash is choking my ferret was also really funny. It's pretty good. This <laughs> yeah, is a, this so a funny episode. Like, it's, oh, it's yeah. still, there's some pretty good stuff in it. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's some all that style inherently funny word uh-huh. humor. Mm-hmm. But by the way, I think it's important to know, unless I missed that scene, like Santa comes out of nowhere. That could be Santa. It's it, not I like, think it's implied that it is Santa because of the way he doesn't talk. He doesn't say a word. No, no. he never says a thing. It looks like it's just a man that they found at the mall. But mm-hmm. like almost for the sake of kids watching this, I really appreciated that it was like, Pete got Santa Claus. You don't question how he got Santa Claus. Santa Claus is here and to fight. And that same Santa shows up in the final scene, and I swear he does Santa magic with his Santa eyes. What? No, he doesn't. Yes, All he right, does. I don't remember that. <laughs> also... So the garbage man does fight Santa, but I I like that they like really like fluff out Santa's beard and make it look like Santa's really taking a pummel oh, without yeah. being too they violent have, about They have it. him punch his head like a speed bag, which I thought was yeah. really violent for a kid show. <laughs> <laughs> I but this thing is why like this episode threw me. I, is it fair for us to kind of like get towards the the end wrap up of it? Yeah, right? is yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, you know they. Wait, what happens? It, they he loses the fight. He doesn't lose yeah, the so, fight. Yeah, so so like briefly, yeah. it when Pete Stane can't fight Santa, Pete thinks that he's got the town back on his side. That they're starting right. to be like, we can't fight the Christmas spirit. We love the Christmas spirit. And then the garbage man shows up, absolutely shellacks Santa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just puts right. a new coat of paint on Santa's face, <laughs> and 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 then sends them all, you know, back to their houses completely demoralized right yeah and pete recognizing he's lost like takes the tree outside and we have we have our final scene where big pete uh in a in sort of a behind the scenes last night sort of thing strings up christmas lights on all of the towering piles of garbage which actually look kind of pretty it looks cool it looks really nice yeah and it's sort of that visual metaphor at the end is the real spirit of Christmas is putting Christmas lights on garbage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what Christmas is. It's the worst time of the year, and <laughs> we somehow make it okay. Oh, that's interesting. That's how you read that. See, I read it going along with my... Uh... See, I saw the the idea of stretching out the materialistic... Uh, holiday of Christmas, although admittedly, as we talked about earlier, Pete do- isn't in it for the materialism. But no. he stretches it out, and he pu- he picks the worst time of the year to stretch out, so the materialism creates piles and piles of trash, and that uh, America has has found the wrong center of Christmas, and we have we have built yeah. our tradition on piles of trash, sort wow. of similar to what you're saying. But Kevin. but I I think I think the message is really nothing gold can stay. Yes. Like, wow. A, a, anything you try and hang on to, the, including Christmas, is going to fade. But it does come back. It's just sort of like it. Like Pete just sort of has sort of like a faithless view of Christmas. He thinks it. He thinks like Christmas is a tool or a mechanism mm-hmm. to get to get to the 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 good feelings, but. The good feelings can happen anywhere. Yeah, you don't that's need a tree. the overall mess. You, you did need, need a tree. Uh, right. Yeah. Which is 
I I mean, and like, there's a realistic me It's like you know, the the garbage man seems absolutely stunned by this light display that Pete, that Big Pete, and Ellen set up. Right, mm-hmm. Ellen gets a tiny little moment plugging in the cords, and I was like, well, he's just gonna toss that all in the garbage because that's the garbage, but. Uh, there's this line that I, I love both of you guys' interpretations, but I still keep thinking about this line that haunted me of like okay. the the garbage man has not really learned a lesson, right? No. He is not he is not the things we are saying has not been taught to him, yes, or Pete by the end of this episode. No, he he doesn't really have to. He doesn't really have to. He doesn't really have to. Yeah. But there's this moment where like the garbage man is looking down the street of giant trash Christmas trees, and and he says like how. How long are you going to keep this up? And, and Pete's like, little Pete's like, I don't know, maybe forever. And he pats him <laughs> on the back, and then they just walk down the street. <laughs> right. And like, I was like, you've just ruined this man's life. Like, he looks like he has been defeated. They've both been defeated in a way because you can't just des- you can't destroy Christmas, and you also can't keep it. Right. Like it happens regardless of how you feel about it. Yep. I think yes, Kevin, it's they're both they both resign themselves to the to the laws of nature, right? Oh, right. interesting. I just took it as this very like nihilistic like the trash man has to just deal with like this is your life now. Right. Christmas <laughs> trees everywhere. Pete has won Christmas all the time. That's how I interpreted it. <laughs> well, I I, I interpreted it as these are two losers. Like the, <laughs> No one, no one really gets to win. the The cosmic dance just kind of conti- continues, right, right. and I, I think the garbage man is actually kind of like I don't love Christmas uh, that much. Like for me, it's wrapped up in a lot of different feelings. Sure. But as a kid, it's not. It's it's sort of wrapped up in one feeling because the adults in your life go a long way to curate a good Christmas experience uh-huh, for you, right? Uh-huh. If they can, mm-hmm. uh, or if they want to, um, and later when you're older, it's sort of like the only way you get that back is by curating a good Christmas experience for, or holiday experience or whatever for. Sure, uh, we're all kind of we're kind of chasing as adults. I feel like that first yeah. ten Christmases, yes, pretty hard. But, yes, but for but for some people, Christmas sucks. Like it, yeah. and it it's cool that. You know, we have a Grinch character who doesn't have to learn to love the damn thing. It's just he has his job to do and one way or another Christmas is going to be over. Right. And if you hate Christmas, maybe you probably have a pretty good reason for doing so. Yeah, I think it's very valid, <laughs> very valid to, to not respond to it. In classic Christmas special form, of course, they have to end it on the, the quote unquote villain feeling the Christmas spirit, right? I don't know if he felt the Christmas spirit. He, he, yeah, well, so, so like, so like Santa does some fucking Christmas magic on him because they're having a stare down as he talks about how he's not giving in, right? <laughs> and he's going to destroy Christmas. Uh, and he feels something, and then he refers. He says, "No, it was just heartburn." And Pete insists that he felt the Christmas spirit. <laughs> that's right. I missed that. Okay. Right. He he, he, he yeah. insists that he felt the Christmas spirit, and that's when you know he's like, "How long will this feeling last?" And he says, "Forever." And I think, like to Kevin's point, that's where they both admit that they're both right and both wrong at the same time. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I mishear the final line that it's not the feeling will be forever? I thought it was. How long will the trash stay up? And Pete was saying forever. And I think he was talking about the feeling. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes so much worse. Okay, sorry. My yeah. interpretation is so much darker than just this man <laughs> is pleading for like, like the trash man is pleading for mercy. 
You're and little fired. Pete goes like, "You're fired. This trash <laughs> will build up forever. You have no point here. Go home." And like it just, and then credits came up, and I was stunned. Again, very dark and very the boys, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I should watch this boy show everyone's talking about. Boys on boys on boys, man. <laughs> I do. I do want to say one thing. Uh, there was a moment before the uh, Christmas feels kicked in for the garbage man, where I thought mm-hmm. that the show was going to take a turn uh, mm-hmm. and make and paint the garbage man as a good, as a kind of a quote unquote good character. Uh-huh. Um, where yeah. he, where Pete is like, oh, like you, you really get so much joy out of this, and he's like, I don't get joy out of this crushing the tree. He's talking uh-huh. about, yeah. And he pauses, and I thought there was going to be like a, this is just the way things have to be. Yeah. But then he, then he says, I love it. He goes full heel. <laughs> yeah. He goes full heel and, yeah. and, and loves it. And I thought right there, that was the only moment that I kind of was disappointed in the episode because I thought there was a chance. Kevin and Chad, to the points we, we've made about this being an inevitable part of the natural cycle of life, I thought he was going to talk about that there. Yeah, I, 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 di- I disagree because I think the ethos of the show is you can't teach Pete, little Pete, something. Uh-huh. You can't just you can't just say the moral at him like either. Either he he changes his ideas slightly or he gets new ideas, mm-hmm. but they're very careful about not moralizing at kids and letting the kids like actually have their own ideas and their own thoughts. So if like, if, if like the villainous adult suddenly took a knee and was like, well, Pete, like yeah. everything has to end. And is it so bad? And, and all this stuff, sure. it would, it, it would be kind of out of character for the show. I think, I think it's better that it's this ambiguous, weird ending where maybe Christmas like Chad proved, you can take the ending line many different ways. Yeah. Maybe like Christmas does last forever. Uh, it's an eternal Christmas. You'll never escape, garbage man. <laughs> but I think I think the ending where everyone ends up kind of slightly unhappy and and uh, the world <laughs> and the world spins madly on is very Pete and Pete yeah. and very tr- very true to life yep. as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a really good point, Kevin. I I would I want to definitely like rewatch this the show even more because I. I am curious how much the morality slash kind of like lessons that are kind of baked into kids shows, how much yeah. of this continues through that. Cause like, you know, mm-hmm. I think of like the, whatever the episode where Pete like puts a cereal, a president cereal in his nose and he can't get it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I remember as a kid going yep. like, yeah, that's something about hubris. I think, I think there's some sort of message there about like, <sighs> I understand you know, hubris biting more now. than okay. you can chew uh-huh. uh, <laughs> or putting things in your nose that you shouldn't. But I don't know if Pete learns lessons at the end of that or any other episodes where he's like, I'm not going to put cereal up my nose anymore. I'm going to just keep doing it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like it's sort of like the lessons are really more it's episodes are kind of a coin flip on does little Pete learn a lesson or was he actually right all along? Because it's kind of cool that they're like, actually, the kid had the right idea. Right. Right. Does little Pete learn a lesson or did the family learn a lesson? Right. Yeah. Um. And I think more often than not, the family learns sure. a lesson. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It's cool to see little Pete as as a kid. It's cool to see little Pete as a force of nature because he's this like he's do he's doing all this like self actualized kid stuff, right. like having a radio program and uh you know go like going to the train tracks at night and doing like weird uh suburban rat shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> suburban rat shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is why I always associated more with Big Pete. Even as a little kid, I was like. Well, because we were yeah, good, we like, were good boys. That's yeah, I was why. a good boy. I was a little more quiet, you know. Mm-hmm. And had a best friend that I was probably in love with, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh man, who did? 
did. Who did? All right. Like all of those things felt a little bit more like, yeah, I'm just kind of watching and observing what's going on around me. Yep. Yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess if we're like wrapping up and, and, and all that, I will throw out there, uh, the Valentine's day episode of Pete and Pete is one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. If you're looking for another, it was a, it was actually, I think one of the, the, uh, standalone shorts they did before they got greenlit for the show. Kevin, um, you were a regular Pete and Pete historian. <laughs> There's going to be a real Pete head, uh, listening oh, to all I'm this sure. and they're going <laughs> to, they're going to like be like, well, actually Artie wasn't Elaine's girlfriend or boyfriend on <laughs> Seinfeld. He was, jo- it was Jerry's other friend who was a comedian. <laughs> or you know what's funny is I, this is what I just heard your brain doing, Kevin. And tell me I misinterpreted it for that joke. Yeah. Your brain yeah. was skipping through like, okay, what's another female character in Seinfeld? Oh, there are no other female characters on Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like who else is, um, uh, oh, shit. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> They're all they're all girlfriends. <laughs> Fuck, they're all girlfriends. Fuck, they're all girlfriends. They're all, they're all girlfriends. girlfriends that Jerry has. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> well, look for the extended Pete and Pete lore talk on our new podcast, Pete and Pete and We. <laughs> Pete, Pete and Pete and Paul and Chad. Pete and <laughs> yeah. Pete and my brother and me. <laughs> <laughs> I think this has been a, a very special and fun episode of Goosebuds uh, for the, the holiday season. Yeah, we usually for the holidays read a holiday-themed book, but it was nice because we wanted to watch a Pete and Pete episode, and we got to do a little bit of both. I think this has been a very special and unique episode, and please don't tell me if it wasn't. <laughs> 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 hey, if you do want to tell us, you know what? Uh, we should really call it. If you want to help support the show, you can go leave a nice <laughs> iTunes review. Oh, yeah. Or on uh, Stitcher. Or on, I don't know, Spotify lets you put reviews, but we're on Spotify. Yeah, whatever the hell. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Go yeah. leave a nice review. And we should be reading some of those sometime. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll read some of the uh, some of the, some of the new reviews in the upcoming episodes that are going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Kevin, uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter.com. I keep, I've, I've done a few, I've, I've guessed it on a few things, and I keep forgetting to say that I'm on Twitter. It's probably the most accessible way for you to get more Kevin Cole. If you want Pete Lore. If you want Pete Lore, if you want to just, just tweet at me and say, give me a factoid about Pete. Pete. <laughs> Are you sure you want to throw that out there? <laughs> that you're open all the time the rest of your life for more Pete and Pete factoids? Why not? People message me about weirder stuff that I don't know about. So. <laughs> at least you can answer those. Yeah, I could probably speculate on that. Um, I'm on Twitter uh, at real Kevin Cole. Uh, if you like my talkings and my tweetings, you might like the art I make um, at at supertry.itch.io. That's where I put all of my video games. Uh, I've I'm making a game every month this year, and I'm on my twelfth and final game. Um, and then you'll sleep for a year, and then you will just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And next year, uh, next year, I don't think I'm going to be making a game every month, but I will be making games. It's just I'll be able to put some actual time into them. Yep. Uh, so if you if you think if you think it's a good idea that I make video games, uh, or if you'd like to hear my voice on another podcast, uh, you can j- kill two birds with one flamethrower and <laughs> throw throw a dollar at uh at, at givekevinmoney.com which is a link to my patreon where i collaborate with cool friends and make video games and do podcasts and um yeah we recently hit 
100 patrons. Nice, dude. Which I was very uh, excited and good surprise to see. I I knew that numbers were accruing, but Mm -hmm. I did not know that we were about to add another digit. Let me me just say that if if you are considering and you're on the fence still somehow about joining Kevin's Patreon is mm-hmm. if you if you pledge I think you get to be at a certain level of Master Kevin where you get to submit uh prompts for game jam ideas. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I did I did that twice this year where um uh I did two game jams, I guess, uh uh on the suggestions of my patrons and Chad, you were there for the last one and I did a video where like I had all of the uh the theme suggestions written on note cards and I was kind of like um what's it? Uh uh Pepe Silvia ing them out. I like to put it as Kevin, you basically magic draft or any uh-huh. enter your <laughs> yeah. collectible card game uh of choice. You draft from a deck of ideas for your A deck of ideas. And also you get to hear Kevin, you get to see Kevin's handsome hands waving over your idea. He doesn't know whose it is, right? It's anonymous. (laughs) I know. And just like, oh, oh, interesting. (laughs) You get get to see my weirdly wide, gentle, slightly hairy hands cradle your your nascent, beautiful idea. And I'll I'll be honest, (laughs) listener, it is a adrenaline rush. So it we is to watch that and like, oh, he's over my word right now. What's he gonna think? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's he gonna? How's he gonna? Oh, he's me? it's inspiring his UI interface. Okay. Oh, <laughs> int- uh, okay. Like, oh, oh, it's thrilling. It's thrilling. I've done it yeah. too. It's amazing. Better incredible. than heroin. Chad's uh, Chad's idea actually did inspire my UI Fuck interface yeah! in the latest game. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't like reverse hack Chad's information. He told me. Wait, like the wait, like the hearts of the snug hearts were like. Was that going into the UI for the for the shoot 'em up? Yeah the the way the way I thought of the UI was I didn't want like uh, any empty space in it. I wanted everything to snugly fit together. Dude, I really fucking uh, love that that heart interface. I really liked that. You did. You yeah. did it, man. Yeah, the hearts are really like squished up on each other, and like I don't know, I don't know if that's the. But the weird thing is, like now that I'm at the end of the year, I'm seeing all the shit I've already done over the course of the year, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that heart shape has appeared in Beneath Thalen Wood, a game I did back in March, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, where else are, where else are all these little like things I don't mean to put in games? Like obviously, I mean to put cats in most of my games. Sure. Like, cats are just <laughs> sure. Good. They're just gonna happen. Um, it's a little Kevin mark. Yeah, the little little watermark for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just say it's a rush. Um, hey, also, if you want to support yeah. this show and get access to bonus episodes, our Discord, vote on what we're gonna read next, awesome stuff. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/GooseBuds. It means a lot. It does. Yeah, do it. I'm a patron as well, Aww. and I I also work for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon is just Chad and I passing our dollar yeah, back we're keeping and forth. This, we're keeping it's that always sunny thing with Mac and Dennis. Like we're getting the money in rotation. We're moving the money. We're just moving we, through. We, it's a perpetual money machine that you guys. Perpetual money machine. We keep earning the same dollar over and over again. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, we pretty we pretty much like pay Patreon fifteen cents a month to be like, oh, we're friends, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash goosebuds. Do it. Uh, should, uh, I know we're about to end. Should we bump the merch? 
site oh, or yeah hey we got some stuff on the merch store too yeah uh, we got all kinds of shirts we got ones with our faces on it we got ones with a skeleton face on it we got ones with word faces on it <laughs> i've been wearing the ball boys goose buds uh shirt for about three days now nice. i just realized Dude, i love i love <laughs> pandemic stay at home clothing options like oh yeah everything oh. is for two to three days for sure i'm getting the, some mileage out of these these shirts man um mm-hmm. yeah that is laundry day is never <laughs> uh it's goosebuds.store or you can search for goosebuds on etsy it'll take us to our our little shop home um yeah yeah boy I, is there anything else like anything else you guys want to like hype up or share or talk about or, or should we, no, should we all start? i think i'm just gonna go you know start collecting trees for the garbage man that's my favorite <laughs> part of christmas i'm gonna hoard a tree that's not mine and just hold on to it as long as i can <laughs> I'm going to castle doctrine the shit out of my tree. <laughs> I'm going to go punch Santa's face like a medicine ball or whatever. <laughs> oh, all right, boys. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you to our wonderful patrons. We couldn't make this show without you. Let us read from the Book of Names. Thanks to Hollis Hornbeak, Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara, Michael McDowell, Cameron Murphy Audio, Josh Robertson, David Cron, Nathan Dolezal, Mickey C, Mike Lanteri, Clayton C, Ale Arcade, Buddy Morrill, Natu Pearl Henderson, Mel Dipson, Joshua Lopez, Jim Greaves, Afshin, Zankeith, Aaron T. Strunk, Danky McStanky. Victor. Dango Twists. Zentacles. Brian Wells. Becca McWilliams. Stealth Bates. Joseph Miranda. Jennifer Britton. Scott Colopy. Patrick Reynolds. Third Sergio. Robert Moon. John Keaty. Jason Crooker. Miguel Pardo. Clay Castle. Cap. Christina Doling. Jonas Splatterman. Matt the Half Court Warlock Bachelor. Sniggy. Matthew Phantas Mailbagoria. We really need to do new mailbag soon. We do. You guys have sent us some awesome letters. Maddie. Reinfected. Gregory D. Warren. Ishak Arafin. Mikey Jello. Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. Sam Hash. Bradford Coulter. Rich Hillborn. Dylan Vaughn. Aiden Alexander Dace. Joshua Jacobwitz. Jar Jar Slinks. Misa no likety. But I also like you. Low Belly Hate Me. Justin Wagman. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Cardboard Walk. Paul Grasso. Leviathan. Up and Champ. Trans Rights. Jonas Engman. Rug. Alicia Grave. Taylor Dierks. Maloyster. Trent Davis. Carl. Brock Graham. Joe Gorman. Anthony Kuwabara. Elusive Koala. Trendy Moron. Yanni Markovina. Blake Alvarez. Connor Church. Space Tiger. Luke Canoodles. Vincent Modica. Joe. Heath Robinson. Corey Shelley. Brooke X. Christian Vanskever. Jesus Christ. Zam Bambino. Hugh Bolin. Brian Hopgood. Jeremy Lowe. Jordan Lockwood. Slumlord Onion. Foolish for Deborah. Valhalla Black. Jake Young. Zach Connor. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Patreon underscore donator comma yeah. Nathan Remick. Tom Whitham. John the Howling Eye Duda. Divaldi. Kevin Hamilton. Nicholas Johnson. Lord Cornwallis. Andrew Fingers Crossed for a Vaccine by Slinkmas Jadzak. Hey, keep keep those fingers limber. You never know what's going to happen, but... 
I think Slink drank all the vaccine. Slink did it. What a fucking asshole. Eric England. Eric England. I'm not sure which one it is. Are you England or in England? It's capitalized, so I'm saying England. All names are capitalized, so it doesn't make any difference, actually. It could be either one still. I don't know. Reed Steubendiek. Cardamom Birkenbino. Elizabeth Steenweg. Joey Evans. Andrew Evans. Daddy's Happy Apple Boy. Mike Crotch. Haha, <laughs> gotcha. It's actually Spencer. Got me again, Mike. I mean, Spencer. Damn it, I fell for it again. Cameron Hansen. Carewise Gamgee. Goon Cahoots. People named Chad aren't actually like what you assume, so... Huh... I'm thinking about that one. Yeah, Chads are all different and weird. If you watch out for someone with two Ds in their name, those Chads, C-H-A-D-D, those are weirdos. Carly Sarnowski. Swaggy Yellow Squire. Buff Cat. Dylan McCann. Sean Minogue. S-N-E-S Chalmers. Etonomore. General Lee Depressing. Wiggle it. Wiggle it. Glenn. Yeah, yeah. John Pigeon Hat Barber. R.L. Slink. Chip Handsome. Zach Bush. Matt McClellan. Stinklitch. Dan. Chris Pittman. Baz Gerritsen. J.R. Chip. The Voyant, comma, Claire. Jared Nutty. Egg Baby. Ben Bohan. Alex Moon, the Robot Dog. Jonas Evan Voldson. Calamity Carl. Sarah Kemp. Germ Juice. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino. Nick Johnson. Bad Vibes Jr. Brett. Daniel Hirschberger. Stephen Day. Kate and Franklin. Adam Yagoofed. Juan Jalapena. Ryan Carroll. Sadie Kitson. Jeremy Bowser. Muscles Bear. Megan McCormick Mason. Megan, I love your name. That's great. Keith Halcrow. Dakota Campion. Chris, keeper of the Mastosphere. Nelson. Timothy Misseldukakis. Natas. I know it's you, Satan. I can see it. I can read it backwards. I know how to read backwards, Satan. Clay McCarty. S. Ninja Breadman. Wacky Username. Hood Lemon. Carter Glass. Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. Got little old moi pretty freaked. Wade Norcross. The Venomous Viper. Ham underscore Boat. Russell Gore. Jimmy Soul. Taylor Shedden. Raymond Hernandez. Flimily. The Crow Fens. Matthew Sutton. Vunderskin. Patrick Murphy. Jeffrey Owen Cawhey. Jordan Slamsey. Elliot Thompson III. Comfy System. Nicholas Butler. Kelsey Kinnamon. Peanutburg. Kelly the Barbarian. Milky Nug. Russell Castberg. Dr. Chocula. Xavier Jimenez. Liam Neeson's Doe. Liam Neeson's Doe. Brendan Arifin. Chris Putrikus. Cod Salmon. Sunset Streak. John W. Meet Virginia. Michael Mello. Adam Muth. Dungeon Kappa. MC Hamster. Zach Weir. Tom Steve Munir. Robert Allen Cook III. You got an exclamation in there, Robert. I hope I, I hope I nailed the exclamation. The Shrekonomicon. Nicole Watkins. Dylan Napier. Tobias Clark. Julian Lamendia. George Michael from Wham? It's designated Wham. This is... Unless, hmm, you want to make sure it's not the rest of development, George Michael. Either way, George Michael, thank you very much. It's a bummer how you got busted in the bathroom stall. You didn't do anything wrong. Mike Spaghetti Jones. Redemption. Michael Kupka. Ashley Northup. Christopher Dowie. And welcome to our new patrons, Angelo Santone. Welcome new patron, Zoranth. Or Zoranth. I respect your your cool name and want to know how to say it. Matthew Higgins. And welcome new Patreon 69 Polly Shore 311. That is a dangerous powerful name. Welcome. Welcome to the Book of Names. 
you have been scribbing. Thank you everybody again for another month of your support. We couldn't make this show without you. We say it all the time. We mean it all the time. We love you. Thank you all so very, very much. We love doing this show for you guys. Have a good holiday. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, Kevin. What? Oh, you sound good. I, there's a little bit of echo for half a second, and then I went away. Oh, it's, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Oh, you uh, call me so down with them, them, uh, them dulcet tones. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> for some, <laughs> for no reason, when you said it that way, I saw it as like you are some rapscallion in a southern town, and like everyone in town just goes like, "Oh, Kevin!" But you're like, <laughs> it's like if Dennis the Menace was a sexy twenty-year-old. You know what I mean? Just like, "Oh, Kevin." My mind state was sort of uh, uh, <laughs> delightfully devilish, Seymour. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that Kevin's at it again. He's uh, oh, he's look how he's opening them jars over there. Oh, Kevin, look at him—he opening those jars of maraschino cherries and eating a single one out of each. <laughs> deliciously, deliciously devilish. You know those sounds of popping isn't just always the can. That one—that's my boner. <laughs> I hope he's twenty. I hope he's twenty. I just hope he's twenty. That's all I'm saying. If we were getting... Oh yes, yes. He's at okay. least twenty. Okay, you know, good. Let's, let's make Oof. him a nice. Let's make him a nice thirty-three. Okay, per- who? Perfect. D- yeah. Dennis the Kevin. Oh, Kevin the Menace. <laughs> I don't know why Dennis oh. the Menace was my cut to like a town like legend a that everyone talks a ra- about. A rapscallion for sure. Yeah, I just <laughs> there needs to be more sexy adult-aged rapscallions. I guess for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin's more Kevin's in the world. More Kevin's. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.